We are live. Maya, it's so good to have you on the show. We wanted to make this interview happen for a while, but uh, I'm glad we could finally connect. How are you doing? Very good. Thank you. Very glad to be made it happen today. So today we're going to talk about all things data, mainly about transformation, data leadership, and we're going to explore some of the opportunities and challenges of the industry today. So you're the Chief Analytics Officer at Kony. Would you mind just giving a quick introduction into what Kony does and also your role there and that position of Chief Analytics Officer? What, what does it actually cover? Yeah. So Kony is one of the global leaders in the elevator and escalator industry. So basically we make make uh, equipment that enables people to move. So we enable the, the people flow and the flow of urban life to be as, as efficient as, as possible. And my role as the chief analytics officer is basically help the company become more data-driven. So create value from the data that we, we get from, uh, from our equipment, our processes um, within the company. Fantastic. Yeah. So... Your role uh, there, it's, it's a C-level role, but um, I see that you've been in all kinds of positions over the years. How did you get into data analytics to begin with? Yes, I, I studied actually applied mathematics and strategy. So, so at the time already, that was in kind of early 2000, uh, combining the mathematics and utilizing data and then also kind of business and the strategy. And I remember at the time that I was dreaming of being able to help companies kind of optimize and, and you know, utilize data to, to really become, become more efficient. But at the time, of course, it was mainly kind of companies utilizing Excel and that kind of stuff. I then after my studies, I went on to uh, management consulting. So then was working a lot on um, kind of, costing stuff, so utilizing data to do like activity-based costing and helping companies to uh, become more efficient in, in managing costs. And then um, I moved on after the management consulting, I moved on to also consulting, but more analytics-based based consulting. So at the time I was living in London and that was kind of um, early kind of 2013, when more and more companies were then looking at digital transformation and, and kind of how do we better utilize the data that we have. At the time, there was still a lot, lot about kind of convincing companies to move from Excel to some, some other, other tools and kind of maybe the big data was, was coming, coming uh, becoming more trendy. Uh, so I was, I was then in the consulting helping companies to kind of think about the digital transformation. And then uh, 2015, I moved from consulting into industry. So I, I went to Unilever and in the, in the global headquarters, that's when the, the whole kind of digital transformation was really taking on in the consumer space. So for them, uh, having the best TV spots wasn't really, really enough, but, but really understanding about consumers and utilizing data to, to understand the, the customers and consumers was the key to success. Uh, and really kind of driving the transformation uh, in, the, in the consumer space. So we were, we were there building the analytics function to create, create value from the data, understand what's happening in the digital space, what the consumers are doing in social media, uh, in, the, in the digital channels, for example, Google searches and that kind of stuff. So then we were kind of creating the capabilities to, to really understand the, the, the data and the consumers from that point of view. And then uh, about two and a half years ago, I moved back to Finland and joined Kone, uh, also 
maybe a slightly similar uh, to the journey that that kind of Unilever did previously. So how can we really utilize the data to to help the company um, think a little bit differently about understand the customers and what is actually happening happening in the market and, and utilize the digitalization and, and data to the company benefit. Mm-hmm. And so it's just um, um, for personal interest. So at Unilever, I see that you spend basically between one and a half to two years in each of those positions. And, you know, in the world of data analytics, it's kind of hard to define these, you know, specific scopes for different levels, like manager, senior manager, lead, uh, uh, chief analytics officer, these, we don't really have best practice for it. That's already established. So just as a matter of personal interest, what were the main differences between those three levels that you had at Unilever? So first of all, you were a manager, senior manager, and lead. So how did your responsibilities widen over the years uh, in terms of leadership and team management and really just defining the company's direction when it comes to data analytics and how you leverage your customers' data? Yeah, I guess the, the, the function grew over the time as well. So, so maybe in the beginning, it was a smaller team. So we were uh, kind of building the understanding about the, the market, the market energy is working a lot on the, with the external partners to bring in the, in the data. And then... Uh, growing the team size and really becoming a, a larger unit um, within Unilever. So I guess the, the remit grew as the importance of the, of the team grew as well. And I think similar now at Kone as well, that it's kind of a bit like building a startup within a, the company. So you start selling the ideas that actually this is really something that the company should be investing in. And then you start growing the, growing the team and getting more people and then kind of widening the remit within the company. I guess probably similar, people in this area are having similar roles that you kind of have to sell your idea and, and then you sell the idea that actually we need this bigger role and actually it needs to be a, a chief role because this is really kind of such an area that needs to be driven from the, hmm. from the kind of uh, senior positions to, and, to make the change. And you mentioned before that you know, back in the day, you were screaming to kind of convince companies to leverage their data to make better decisions. Now, I guess that you don't really have to scream anymore because we're trending data analytics. Everyone is talking about it and look at all the business research for uh, senior company leaders, data analytics is top priority, if not number one, which is great, right? But let's explore the challenges a little bit because uh, despite of this, of you guys enjoying the, the wave of interest and excitement around data, uh, I know that there are just so many challenges that you have to, uh, have to deal with. So first of all, during your career, what were the main challenges that you had to overcome so that now you can be in your current position as the chief analytics officer at a major B2B company? Um, yeah, maybe, maybe one challenge that was previously and maybe still is a little bit, it's like the data is seen as a techie techie topic so it's like something that it does or the technology function does and it's like um you know the business doesn't need to care about this so it's something scary because you know once you mention data people think that it's something technology and or mathematics and we don't really understand that uh, i think it's becoming more mainstream so there's more kind of examples of kind of you know, you know, easy to understand. Maybe it's data storytelling and <laughs> the topic of this of this uh, podcast as well. But making it more approachable for people, I think there's still a little bit of that kind of 
uh, also related to organizational structures. If, if your data organization is within IT, it's often seen as something that IT does and the business doesn't need to care about. So I think that's one challenge that uh, in order to really create value from the data, it has to be owned by the business. It has to start from the business questions that what, what are the problems or challenges that we are really trying to solve um, from the business point of view, and then tie that end-to-end -end, uh, so that we have the business people and the technology people and the data people working together to, to create the value. Mm -hmm. So that, that's probably one, one challenge. And then um, I guess still there's a lot of hype, and it's kind of when you... You're going to have to sell the dream to convince people that this is an area that needs to be invested in. But then striking the balance when the devil is in the detail, when it's, it's not really in the detail, it's not really that easy. <laughs> so, so it's like you have to sell the dream, but then also manage the expectation that, that you, know, you know, people don't expect you to change the whole organization like this, and then everything will be easy. So it's a balance of of kind of convincing the investment and selling the dream, whilst then also making sure that we can um, somehow uh, deliver against the expectations and, and make sure that we are we are being successful. Mm. So this is uh, such a cool point that you made here. So you need to sell the dream, obviously, so people buy into it. But at the same time, you need to manage expectations. And then before you mentioned that a huge problem is that data is being seen as this tacky topic. So there's a perception problem there, right? That you need to gap. So maybe an interesting question would be that because you had a lot of different perspectives now at consumer goods, now at a large B2B company, different levels, manager, uh, being ahead of a function, now being in a C-level position. What do you think is the ideal way for a data analytics leader to be perceived in the company? So your function, what kind of role do you think data analytics should play and how should the business perceive it so we can aim the right way? Yeah, it's tricky. It's also related to the leadership. Sometimes I think these people are a bit like unicorns. <laughs> so you, you have to understand uh, the technology. Of course, you need to understand what, kind of what the technology enables, but then you also need to be able to see, kind of understand what is important for the business. So kind of the technology and the business perspectives. Uh, you have to be quite strategic to think about like, okay, strategically, what, are the, what is the vision? What is the mission? What are we actually trying to do on the high level? But then also be able to execute to actually create value. So the strategy and execution part. Um, you have to be quite innovative. So think, it, it kind of bring the out of the box thinking thing, things from a new point of view, but then also marry that with the traditional. If you try to change too many things or, or too drastically, then you don't get the rest of the organization with you. So you have to kind of innovate, but then also think mm -hmm. from the traditional point of view. And then I think in order to drive the change, you um, have to be quite confident and not stumble on when there are blockers or people who want to change, but then also be humble enough to kind of bring people with you. Mm -hmm. And then I, I guess in, in any change, it's like communication is key. So you have to be able to communicate the big vision but then also empower the teams to then drive the execution. Mm -hmm. so I think lots of things that are maybe traditionally not found in, in kind of single purpose of person, or it's quite difficult to find all these traits that are needed in mm -hmm. order to be successful. And I guess that's why I think there's a research that the CDO 10 years, it seems to be quite, quite sure that there's a lot of expectation, but then marrying that and, and having all of these traits, it, it is quite a challenging 
uh, position. Mm-hmm. And, and what were your best practices in terms of creating that connection with the business? So you mentioned that you need to be confident, but humble. It seems like a contradiction, right? But when you can embody those qualities at the same time, people will be just more attracted to your leadership. So that's fantastic. But then uh, this uh, binary thinking in terms of, okay, I need to be really competent with the technology and I need to have the technical skills. At the the same time, I need to excel in human interaction as well. So how did that look like to you over your career? What were your best practices in terms of communicating with key stakeholders, communicating the vision, and also understanding what they were looking for? What were your main strategies and methods? Were you the kind of person who who likes to do uh, research before approaching a solution, or do you like to sit down with people? What are your philosophies in that area? Yeah, I think that it needs to be like thinking, uh, trying to jump into the other person's shoes, like how, what do they care about um, and how do they want to, to be approached or, or, or communicated with and then trying to stay, kind of take from that. So some people want to have a chat, some people want to maybe read stuff, some people want to maybe do like training courses and kind of, th- I think the key thing is to try to understand that other people person's point of view what do they really care about how do they want to be kind of approached and contacted and and what is it that they they care about and then then building the relationship and the trust and i think sometimes um maybe change resistance comes from insecurities that people don't want to admit mm-hmm. that they don't actually understand what you are talking about and then it's it's tricky uh, I think sometimes one-to-one discussions are easier because people are maybe can be more vulnerable and trying to create the safe space that that maybe you know understand that you know <laughs> things like okay I know that this is probably kind of very clear to you but then I'm explaining things anyway and not not kind of putting people at the spot mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and trying to trying to make it easy easy for for them to kind of understand things even if yeah. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned uh, uh, in this, so uh, data literacy, I also read it on your uh, profile that that's one of the like, data maturity and also data literacy in general, that, that, that that's like an important piece of your work. Now, we noticed that o- over the years that there are some confusions with these definitions in data, you know, all, all these buzzwords are being thrown around, data-driven culture, data literacy, data lineage. So maybe like a professional like you can help us clear that up. This is one of our missions here to demystify data analytics, right? So if you had to capture data literacy, what do you think is the role of uh, data literacy? And feel free to also just repeat yourself in this, you know, some points that are worth reiterating. So what is the role of data literacy and why is it so important today for analytics analytics leaders to pay attention to this and prioritize? I think that that's the key to like actually being able to democratize to, to get the democratize the data and get people at large to really understand the role of data. So I guess same as the kind of normal literacy, it means that people understand what the data tells and they are able to kind of create the meaning out of the the data. For example, um, maybe uh, causation uh, versus um, correlation is is one of the kind of maybe typical things that if you if you don't understand the difference between causation and correlation you might think that uh, you know eating ice cream makes you more vulnerable to being eaten by sharks even though both are probably related to the 
the hot weather or the or the summer and th- these kind of like things that how do you how do you make sure that people understand the numbers and the meanings i think the covid time has actually made this really clear so if you look at the, how much statistics and data visualization that there's been in the in the past two years about the numbers behind the covid and the different kind of relationships and like you know how the how the numbers are growing i think it's been great for <laughs> data visualization but then in in our company the way that we've we've been uh doing this data, i think a year ago we did did like the whole company data literacy course it's it's a lot about um making uh, helping people understand their role in the data ecosystem so in a company a lot of data is created by the people within the organization so and maybe a salesperson might be might be creating uh kind of customer records and if they don't understand the ecosystem and how how much that data is used across the different people in the company they might not care about the data quality for example so then also kind of Yes, it's about understanding the data and the meaning, but also people's role in the organization in relation to data as a data creators, as data utilizers and, and kind of how that whole ecosystem works within the company. Mm. And over your career, you had mainly uh, analytics and insights related roles. Uh, at the same time, what you're articulating here, and correct me if I'm wrong, is also connected to governance, which is traditionally, you know, this has been... Uh, perceived as a very data management oriented role that some analytics leaders didn't even think that they need to care about. So what do you think is the connection between analytics and governance and the importance of that? I think there's a clear clear link between them. So you can't really do proper analytics unless you have data that is is governed and is is reliable and is also um, used in a sustainable way. So of course, I think, I, often the roles are separate, so you have data management or data governance slightly different from from the value creation or, or the analytics. But but at least um, kind of if you want to get sustainable and good quality results, the data need to be covered in the way that it, it is reliable. You actually your analytics results are based on on good quality data. So the same as like if you if you have a factory and your raw material is is not very good quality, then probably your products aren't really good quality either. So I see it as, as kind of data governance and data management is key for having a sustainable and good quality analytics results. It doesn't mean that you have to start from the governance. I think it's a bit, a bit like chicken and egg. So if you start from governing everything really heavily, then it's difficult to innovate. So you have to kind of maybe have a bit of slack and kind of make sure that you, you enable innovation. But then especially kind of... Uh, in the production. So if you want to have long-term production uh, ready or productionized um, analytics, then it's very important that the, the data is managed in a, in a proper way. And then, of course, all the uh, kind of privacy and regulation, everything demands that the, the governance is in place, that all the accesses are uh, looked after and it's all all kind of um, we're safe from risk point of view mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that you're building on a rock solid foundation that's super important and then that has the technical elements the platforms and also the governance structures in place now in that sense you mentioned innovation quite a few times so um what is the role of a data analytics leader in in innovation in the company and then for you especially at coney now because you've been there uh, for a while almost three years um have you given any thought to the kind of 
story that you've been telling to Kony at large about the role of data analytics, the role of analytics in the life of Kony, right? How important do you think that was to gain that buy-in from senior management and get people engaged and motivated with becoming actually more analytics driven? Yeah, definitely. In the, in the beginning, there was a lot of, uh, actually probably the first year and a, and a half, there was a lot of kind of selling of the importance of, of the data. And then a bit more than a year ago, we, we launched our new strategy. And then as part of the new strategy, uh, a lot of this data really became a strategic topic for the company. So definitely, this, I think it's still continuing um, selling the, the role of the analytics. And I think it's, it's also evolving. Then there's different things. So there's on the one hand, there's the kind of innovation in terms of the kind of product innovation, so R&D type of things where we, for example, do the predictive maintenance offering and offering kind of various data-based services and products. And then there's the whole um, kind of process-based innovation. So how do we rethink our processes to become more, more data-driven, not just kind of like have the process as they are and then put some data into the process, but really rethink how should we operate and how do we utilize data to, be, to make the process also more intelligent? So I think it's it's a continuous uh, journey. So we, we made some leave, but I think we are still continuing to kind of, you know, progress the message. And I think also the story is changing. As we learn, we also kind of have to think about, okay, is the story still valid? Do we need to mm-hmm. kind of rethink what the story really is and what is the most important thing for for our company at this, at this stage and how do we how do we go forward mm. and then um, so you have the the business and then you have the analytics function you all you also mentioned that you almost like to it's almost like having a startup within the company right at the same time you want to be an organic part of the enterprise at large so in that as you're leading the the your, your team and kind of marshalling the troops uh, what did you find over the years to be the keys for effective team management? Or maybe I could also ask you this question. What were your main challenges in terms of leading the function and managing the team the right way, and maybe even enabling them to interact with the business in a healthy and productive and fruitful way? What were the key skills that you needed to cultivate in your team? Yeah, I think it's like our company is like 111 years old. I think it's 112 years old this year. So there's a lot of lot of tradition, a lot of lot of kind of like uh, traditional ways of doing things, and then bringing in a new unit that is wants to be agile and kind of like startup like. Of course, there's a lot of things that need to be kind of challenged and and find finding the balance of like what what are the traditional ways of working that are kind uh, of working still really well and. Where, where do we put some agility and a kind of agile ways of working into that and how do we marry, marry these two? And I think we are still still learning about that. So I think having, having the kind of uh, leadership discussions and having maybe backup from the, from the leaders that, that we can do things in a, in a new way and in a different way. And I think that, you know, in our case, the whole company is, is really kind of thinking about the kind of agile, lean and agile way of working and how do we transform at, at scale and our, our area is probably one of the one of the um, key groups where, where we are in the middle working with the business but then also working with the, with the IT teams and trying to drive the transformation. So I guess because key thing is to kind of like have a bit of the license to do things differently and then kind of trialing and also trying to learn 
have the learning culture and, and learn fast and and then do things differently if they if it doesn't work. Mm, absolutely. And then just a, a few words on culture. Again, this is something that has been thrown around a lot. And usually it comes up whenever you have a conversation with a senior data analytics leader, the, the phrase culture pops up. Now, in terms of culture, uh, what does um, data-driven culture mean to you? And what were your keys for cultivating that over the years? Yeah, I think it's... It's linked to the empowerment of the team, but it's not about who has the longest experience or, or knows things from from kind of from the past that is is kind of the most powerful, but it's, it's the kind of anybody with the with the information of the, or the data uh, can have their power. So really empowering the, the people who have the knowledge mm-hmm. um, to then also make the decisions. So I think it's like turning that a little bit around. Maybe traditionally, it's, it's like people who have the experience, have the, have the knowledge, have the data, and they would be the people who should be making the decisions, but then turning that around and empowering the teams uh, to have the data. And then, then also, I think maybe thinking a bit outside of the box, that not, not relying on what, what we know from the past, but then being also curious about you know, finding out new data points and how things actually work and the and the new phenomena. Mm-hmm. So I think, it, yeah, the data-driven culture is very much linked to the kind of empowered empowered teams and empowered people and maybe turning a bit the the traditional hierarchies around. Hmm. Okay, Sh- shaking things up a little, and then yeah. and and, the, and then you also also mentioned that this whole um, data-driven. Um, effort is a journey. So what is your take on the industry today in terms of its main challenges, opportunities, and risks? Now, moving forward, everyone talks about how the 2020s will be the the decade of of data. Now, as a seasoned professional, uh, what do you see as its most important and most exciting opportunities and maybe some of those risks that naturally go hand in hand with that? Yeah, I think there's a lot of really exciting technology around that we can like all things uh, AI, AR, VR, all these uh, acronyms that, that are really kind of like driving us forward in, in the way that we can utilize the, the data. I think there is a, there's great opportunities. Maybe the risk is that we kind of lose the, uh, let's say, lose the forest from the trees that we actually have like all kinds of different te- fancy technologies, but then actually uh, forget what we are trying to do, which is to improve the business performance, at least in, in our case. So what are really starting from the like, what are we, how are we trying to make this business better? Is it, are we trying to increase the revenue? So, so bring more, more sales or um, make things more efficient, make better decisions where we, are, we can be more efficient and reduce the cost. So basically bring more money or reduce the cost, of, which is fundamentally what the, what the uh, business is trying to do. Of course, there are things then underneath like sustainability and a lot of things that, that are important for for the business. But at the end of the day, it's like, you know, are we making more money or are we are we reducing cost? And what are the key challenges that are then related to those? And how do we support those with the data, data and the and the technology? And then I think the the simplest way to reach those goals is the best way. So there's no point having some fancy technology if you can do do things in a simpler way so so kind of starting from the from the challenge of what are we trying to do to help the business and then what is the most sim- simplest way 
to achieve the goals and not trying to overcomplicate and maybe go behind the hype, hype terms. I think there's a lot of, lot of hype, a lot of terms that, that are very complicated and maybe, maybe not always necessary for, for solving the problems. Get back to first principles, always. No, that's great. So thank you, Maya, for those insights. Uh, super valuable. And uh, just as a final, final point. So you've been in the industry for a while now. You had a really exciting career. You kind of made it all the way to the top in terms of being in a C-level position now at a major company, which is a market leader in what it does. So again, moving into that decade of data, what would you recommend to aspiring data leaders who would like to have similar results and similar success to what you had over the years? I think having a versatile career is quite important. Um, I mentioned that it's like working with the, with the stakeholders is important to try to jump into their shoes. So the more uh, varied in experience that, that you have, the more you can jump into the other person's uh, position. So having different companies, maybe different industries, different sides of the companies, different geographies so working internationally to understanding different cultures and, and people's backgrounds. It's quite key. So I, I, I think maybe traditionally people think that the career should be going always up. That you're, it's like a linear, but then I think that it's important to have different types of experiences that, that kind of give you the different perspectives to really be able to be an effective leader because, you know, that gives you the toolbox to then, then manage in the different kinds of situations that, that you face. Mm, that makes perfect sense. Maya, thank you so much for your insights. It's been a pleasure and we wish you the best and hopefully we can see you again on the platform, maybe telling some, some other war stories. Yes, thank you so much.